It's the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. <laughs> okay, Walter, please forgive me. I thought Dave Baker was walking into the studio. No, Dave Baker just convincing on my show. My show goes for the next hour. Then Dave Baker comes. All right, well, when you have some time, I have to ask you about my orchid because I'm worried about my phalaenopsis orchid, and I need some advice. Can you help me? For you, we can do, do it right now, Ronnie. What is, what is your question? Well, I have one of those really beautiful double stem ones, but one of the stems is beautiful and flowering and looks yeah. healthy, and the other one started to just wither away and die. And so I clipped it down to the, you know, about an inch off the top of the soil. And I'm sure. wondering if it's ever going to come back. I, I don't know what to do. Eventually it will. And I am going to share with you the most successful way that I have ever heard of. And now I use myself, ice cubes. You water orchids with ice cubes. You know, I've like that? put an, an ice cube on the top. I've heard of that. I've yeah, never yeah, done that. It works great. My friend Shirley Smith, bless her soul, used to put one or two ice cubes, and she had an entire sunroom filled with blooming orchids all the time. And she said, yeah, just put the miracle Grow, a little bit of miracle Grow in some water and make an ice cube tray full of ice cubes. And every week or two, she'll put a couple of ice cubes on each one of her little orchids. And they were gorgeous. Do I need to do anything else special? Because I've heard that orchids are very temperamental, and I love this one, and I'm so heartbroken about one of the stems no, being so complete. No. Clip it off. You did the right thing. Cut it off. Start doing the, the ice cube fertilization watering every couple of weeks. You just check in with me in the next three months. I bet you you'll have a new orchid flower. Oh, I hope you're right. It's so gorgeous. And now we continue the Lawn and Garden Show. It is the Lawn the and Garden show. show. The Lawn and Garden Show, people. <laughs> Thanks, Ron. See ya. All right, this is the Lawn and Garden Show. I am Walter Reeves, not Dave Baker, and we're here to help you in your landscape. 404-872-0750. Robert's first in line, and Robert's in Fairburn, Georgia, joining us. Hey, Robert, good morning. Hey, 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 how you doing, sir? Hey, uh, Robert. Long-time listener, uh, first-time caller. This is easy. You're just like talking on the telephone to your cousin. Here we are. Oh, okay. Uh, well, I have a little bit of a uh, lawn problem, all right? Uh, the grass on my property, right? Uh, I have some bald spots in the lawn, right? Okay. And I try, I tried to seed it, right? But uh, it, it still didn't grow. Now I don't know what type of grass is on it, mm. right? Because uh, it's rental property, you know. And I yeah. tried to ask the landlord what it was, but she yet to get back with me, so I don't know what type <laughs> of grass it is. I, I believe it's sawgrass. So is it green now or is it brown now? Uh, it, it's still brown now. All right. So it's not fescue because fescue would be green now. Um, when you look at it, would you say it's more a brown color or a tan, a light tan color? Uh, uh, more, uh, more of a brown color. I'm going to go Bermuda. I'm just guessing because I see lawns all the time and I have a little quiz with myself saying, now, what is that lawn grass right there? And then I get out of the car sometimes and check, get close to it. I can tell whether it's Bermuda or zoysia. Either way, Seeding would not be done this time of year because they both need real warm soil to, to get the seeds to germinate. And if you go to a garden center and just get the smallest packet they have of Bermuda seed, it'll blend in with zoysia, even if I could be wrong and it's not, um, not Bermuda grass. But get a little bitty packet of Bermuda seed sometime in very early May, scratch the ground real good with an iron rake, and then put those little bitty seeds out there very, very lightly Okay. That's about the best I can go. I can do for you, Robert. Seed it then. Okay. Make. Okay. All right then. Well, well, well. I'll do just that, sir. All right then. Let's do it. Let's right. make it pretty. Okay. Thank you very much. Sure, Robert. Thanks for calling. 
Sorry. Comes now, Jr. at Lawrenceville, Georgia. Jr. Hey, good morning. Yes, good morning. Uh, the question I had is, uh, I've got an area in my lawn that it, it's, I wouldn't call it shade, it gets a little more shade than the other, and most of the lawn is Bermuda, and this area is just a little more shady, and the Bermuda tends to slowly keep thinning when I put it in there. Sure. But it's, it's too hot for fescue or anything. I was at a home show in the fall, and they were talking about there was a company there that, that sells sod, and they said they had a new zoysia that's supposed to be even more shade-resistant than other ones that are out there. Hmm. And I was wondering if you had heard about that and if, if when's the best time to plant it, that kind of thing. Yeah. It's possible that you went to the Superside people and they were talking about Zenith zoysia, or it could have been as another landscape company that uses Zeon, Z-E-O-N, Zeon zoysia, as their sort of go-to zoysia seed for shady locations. So I'm not sure who you were talking to specifically. But either way, if you can get some Zenith seed or some Zeon, to my knowledge, does not come from seed. It's always a side product. But you get Zenith or Zeon and put them in there, they have the best chance of growing in shade. But if it's a lot of shade, I mean, quite honestly, JR, a lot of shade is not going to allow either one to do very well. they they got to have some sunshine during the day. How many hours do they do you need kind of as a minimum one of those that kind you were just talking about? If you want them to thrive and really be good about um, uh, fighting weeds and covering the ground, not having any holes in it, they need at least six. You can get okay. zoysia to grow. It'll be thin. It'll get holes. You'll have weeds in it. But you can get zoysia to grow in four, maybe five hours. But boy, oh boy, it's not going to look great. It's really not going to look good. Six hours is what I consider the minimum to be a good-looking grass lawn. Great. Thank you. All right. That's the best I can do for you. Is there anything else, JR? That's it. Thanks All a lot. All right. Drive safely, my friend. It's 8.13. we got time for Laura in Mableton to join us. Hey, Laura, good morning. Good morning, Walter. So it's between a plum, nectarine, apricot. Which one would I be more successful with growing here in Georgia? Oh. Can they be grown in containers? Plum, nectarine, apricot. I'm going to go plum is the best one because apricots and nectarines are both going to have problems with early flowering and then cold weather coming. Mm-hmm. And if it, if it freezes the flowers off of those trees, then you don't get any fruit. Whereas I think the plums generally are not going to be as much uh, affected by warm weather in the wintertime. Mm-hmm. And so they might be a better choice. But, boy, in a container, come on, Laura, you got to have a big, big, big container to get a tree to grow successfully. Oh. Okay. Yeah. Why do you think you need to put it in a container? Why because not? most of my pr- property is taken up with that septic thing. Mm, I'm not sure that a that a plum will be that invasive into a septic line. Okay. If you were over at the edge of your property where they get good sun, okay. just like the zoysia grass we just talked about, plants have to have sun, and plums are no exception. But yes, if you got I'm on thinking the, about a Santa Rosa. Am I in the right direction? Yeah, go on my website. I've got a whole list oh, you of do? the best okay. plums. Is it LSU? What is the name of the LSU? LSU Purple, LSU something or other. That is one of the best plums I've ever eaten in my life. Oh, oh, okay. oh. Uh-huh. And, um, and I'm still thinking about that theme from a summer place. <laughs> <laughs> Was you started some stuff, wasn't it? Oh, man. Were you, are you, I'm not going to ask how old you are, but I will say that I, those I'm of tell us. I'm you, was, I'm 68. You and I both are the same. 
same cohort, and that song from A Summer's Place just brings yes. back very nice memories. Yes, lovely movie. Exactly. Thank sure you, Walter. Good luck, Laura. Thanks okay. for calling. All right. The theme from A Summer Place, Wasiga 4-H Camp. Oh, Walter thought he was just... We're not going to talk about it any more than that. Brian is in Winder, Georgia, and he joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Brian, good morning. Hey, how you doing, Walter? All right, what's up? Uh, long story, I've decided I want to grow raspberries this summer, oh, and I good. built a bed. It's 20 feet long, about 30 inches wide, about 20 inches deep. Got it. But I want to plant the heritage variety, and I am curious as to when do I actually put the plant in the ground? If you plant heritage raspberries, they will grow. You'll have some raspberries from them. But it is the equivalent of saying, I want to have a 1960 or 63 Ford Fairlane because heritage is not the best raspberry to plant. I'll give you one that is. Sweet, okay, what is it? Sweet Repeat or Nantahala. Sweet Repeat okay, are, Nantahala are those the I'm sorry, are those the Primacanes or yeah, are those the Porcanes? I believe they're Primacane fruiting, but check online and see. Write, write the name down and go Google a little bit about them and see what you find. But Sweet Repeat and Nantahala have been bragged on by more gardeners who've planted them in their garden and say, these are the best raspberries we've ever had in our life. They're easy. They don't die back. They don't have any cane borers. They just seem to put out copious amounts of raspberries. So, okay, Sweet Repeat sweet. and Nantahala. And when would I plant those? Mm, you know, if you can get them, I'd plant them now. Oh, really? Okay. I don't know if the cold would be too cool. No, I don't think so. As long as the ground is not frozen, and that rarely happens. Even even in Winder, the ground never gets frozen up there. So, yeah, anytime you can find them. Now, you may have to go online. You may have to go up to LJ to Johnson Nursery or, or talk to the people at Bottoms Nursery or Ison's Nursery. But there are nurseries in Georgia who sell fruit plants, fruiting plants, or nut-producing nut plants, and uh, nope. they specialize in that. So, again, you may have to go hunting around, but you can find people that have Sweet Repeat and Natahala pretty easily. Okay, what about mixing the varieties? Could I plant, like, five of each plant? Oh, sure. Or the, the then you'd have a Fairlane and a Mercedes, uh, but either way, <laughs> oh, oh, if you I get, get my assembly here. Well, what if I planted like five of the Sweet Repeats and five Matahalas as well? You're going to get some raspberries. You're going to be covered up in raspberries, Brian. Okay. Well, I appreciate it. Thank uh, you, sir. You're good luck with it. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take Brian's place. It's 818. You're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade, host of Atlanta's Morning News on News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. We'll be covering breaking news, Kirk Mellish weather, and traffic red alerts through the weekend. And the Southeast's largest news team is here for you first thing Monday morning when you head back to work. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to Walter Reeves, the lawn and garden advice you need. Quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. It's going to be a bit of warmth today between the chilly bookends of the weekend. Pretty much cold and clear to begin Saturday, of course, right now. Afternoon highs, though, climb into the upper 50s. That should be real nice this afternoon. But when the sun drops, so do the temperatures. Overnight lows in the low 20s, maybe the upper teens. It's going to be chilly this evening. Your full weekend forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. Drew in East Cobb joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Drew. Hey, good morning, Walter. I have... Great intentions back in November, bought my wife uh, a big bag of daffodils yeah. and wanted to get them in the ground and <laughs> didn't. <laughs> so I'm trying to figure out, do I toss the bag or can I salvage and just uh, take a chance or what do I need to improve my odds? 
I liked your description there, Drew, because my mother used to say, an honest confession is good for the soul. <laughs> She's wondering <laughs> who, who stole the cookies out of the cookie jar, is what she would say. <laughs> Tell you what, do you may well be able still to plant those daffodils and get some flowers. It may be May before you get them, but what I would do is open the bag and take out each individual daffodil and just squeeze it in your hands. If it is still firm... Yeah, it'll it'll do fine. Put it in the ground, plant it. If it's real papery and dusty and just doesn't have any structure to it at all, throw it in the trash. It's not gonna it's not gonna bloom. So yeah, plant them today. Make sure it's just the firm ones you, that you put in the ground. And sometime in May, when your neighbors are all saying, "Drew, how'd you get your daffodils to bloom so late?" <laughs> you don't tell them anything, Drew. <laughs> you don't tell them about your failure to plant at the right time. We'll see. I think you get some flowers. That's why. Do I need to put anything to supplement in the soil, or just... <laughs> at this at this point in time, it doesn't sound like you're doing doing so great with uh with instructions. I would say no. Um, <laughs> if you feel like getting some bone meal or bulb fertilizer in there, it's going to be fine. Uh, but right now, I want you to put them in the ground. That's the biggest chore you got to get done. Okay, great. Thank you so much, Walter. Did you apologize to your wife yet, Drew? Several times. Oh, and good. I, I'm, I'm hoping she's listening now because that'll count as like the fourth or fifth time. And Valentine is this weekend, as you know, Drew, so you'll take care of that for me, right? <laughs> yes, sir. All right. Thanks for Thanks. calling, Drew. Bye-bye. Coming up in the next half hour, Debbie at Gainesville wants to know if she has done everything that I have said to do to get moles out of a yard, and she still has moles. What is she going to do? Kathy out in Putnam County wants to know if this is a good time to prune overgrown shrubs. And Michael in Watkinsville says, how do you prevent cabbage maggots? And I have a couple of announcements here for the Carruthers Valentine Flower Contest. We've got some winners. We do indeed. Red and pink rose bouquets will go to Bridget Chadwick in Snellville, to Don Worthy in Canton, Brian Grochi of McDonough, and Susan R. Dagna in Roswell. All of them win the, what can you call it, the, uh, the makeup prize for the second place winners. Pink and rose bouquets worth about 120 some odd dollars. But in Marietta, they're all proud of Rob Adams because his Valentine uh, entry got the grand prize. He gets three dozen red roses that will be delivered next week to him. Congratulations to all of these Carithers Flowers winners of the Valentine Day memory. I don't have quite enough time to read all of them, but Rob, you'll get the grand prize. And Susan, Brian, Dawn, and Bridget, you'll get the second prize. And I think you'll be really impressed with these flowers from Carithers Flowers. It's 828. We'll be back to more Lawn and Garden after news. The Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves on News 95.5 and AM 750 WSB. It's brought to you by Pike Nurseries, your neighborhood garden center. Playing in the dirt for more than 50 years. Call now with your lawn and garden questions at 404-872-0750 or 1-800-WSB-TALK. And now, here's Walter. 836 and 32 degrees outside. This is Lawn and Garden. I'm Walter Reeves, the Georgia Gardener, here to help you be more successful doing everything you want to do in your landscape with the least amount of work. And, of course, the best place to get good gardening information as well as the best plants in the universe, Pike Nursery. And my friend Mickey Gazaway joins us this morning. Hey, Mickey. Hey, Walter. How are you? Happy Valentine's. Thank you, darling. Happy Valentine's. And your sweet husband and you have already exchanged presents or going to this evening? Well, I have gotten mine, but he hasn't gotten his. Oh. His is a surprise. Oh. <laughs> 
Does I would it, tell you what it is, but he may be listening. Okay, we're not going to mention it. But to get, have you? I mean, y'all have been married for how many years, Mickey? Fifty-one years. Good heavens! And do you have any like Valentine presents that were a really great thing, or maybe one that was sort of a bust? Can you remember any of them over fifty-one no, years? No, he always he always does really good. Today, this time, you know, I love old country music. Yeah. The old, old, old country music is what I love, and he got me this whole set of the. Uh, like, um, I think there are like 10 or 12 different discs of mm-hmm. it. And so I've been listening to Fair and wow, Young. Wow, very, very nice. Stan <laughs> comes through. And I thought that through. was just so sweet. I was so surprised. Well, the good news is that Pike Nursery to this weekend will have a plant on sale 20% off. That might be the present that someone can save that's their relationship exactly with. Right. So what's on sale this weekend? This week it's camellias. And they're blooming right there in the nursery, so you could buy a camellia and take it home and say, Honey, happy Valentine's Day. That's exactly right, and that's a great gift. Uh, We've got lots of them at our house now, and I just think they're beautiful. They're one of my favorite plants because they're really almost bulletproof. I I was (laughs) going to think to myself, they just. It's the only thing that gets them, and it does every once in a while, but it just gets the blooms, and they've still got beautiful, you know, evergreen foliage and. They're great backdrop, and then they've got these gorgeous flowers. Yeah. So what much more could you add? Exactly. And you could talk about their perennial nature, that they're going to bloom and stay in your garden for years to come, and they bloom if you get the japonica type, and they're going to bloom during Valentine's Day to remind you of your love with your... Absolutely. Oh, and one, to me, one of the prettiest ones is that, that there's a new one. It's called Nuchez Bella Rosa. Yeah, yeah. And it's got a different... It's real... That's one I don't have, and I may have to... I may have to find a place for that one, but it's just got a different shaped bloom on it. It's really pretty, and I like Tom Knudsen. Of course. Uh, do you have a favorite? I have Tom Knudsen. I have two of them in my backyard, and both of them blooming red, red, red. Yeah, beautiful. Yeah. Uh, and, of course, you know, the White by the Gate and the uh, Christmas, was it Christmas year? Yuletide. The, Yuletide, that's the word yes, I'm about. Yes, love Yuletide. Yeah, of course. And it's one, you know, people think of camellias as being shade plants, but... Um, uh, Yuletide does great in full sure, sun. I've sure. seen that over and over again. It just really shines. So 20% off all Pike Nursery. Just go in and say, the camellia that I have here in my cart, that is the Pike Pick of the Weekend. Mickey and Walter have so declared it, and they get 20% off. That's exactly right. But you got classes going on today, too. We do. We've got one at 9 o'clock on, uh, on roses, which isn't that perfect yeah. for Valentine's. So, we can tell you, so you can come in and buy your sweetheart a rose. And uh, we can show you how to plate it and how to take care of it. So I'm hopeful there'll be some mention of rose pruning for people who have roses. Uh, There will. I'm sure uh, Travis is going to do it at our store today, and um, it's going to be great, I'm sure. All the stores at every one of the stores. What time? Nine o'clock. Nine o'clock. Rose mm-hmm. class. And again, a way to save Valentine's Day. If you haven't gotten a Valentine present yet, you can go to the rose class or maybe take your sweetheart to the rose class. You can buy them a camellia. There's still time. There's still hope for everyone there who's, is. who's behind Absolutely. Right well, it's been great talking to you, Mickey. I hope that everybody will remember that the camellias are on sale at Pike Nursery, 20% off the Pike Pick of the Weekend, the Rose Class at 9 o'clock this morning. Mickey, it's great talking to you. You too, Walter. Where do we get everything we need to know, including all the locations of Pike Nursery? At pikenursery.com. Of course. Tell Sam, Stan I said hello, and I'm proud of him. I will. Thank you. 51 years of wedded...
ness. We will say for a lot of people, yeah, I've been married 25 years, 20 of the best years of my life, but those other five, we're not going to talk about them. (laughs) Kathy is in Norcross and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kathy, good morning. Good morning. Uh, I have a question. My daughter just purchased a house that has a yard that's about a third fescue, and then the rest is clover and a Mm. mixture of other kinds of weeds. And I think that we're supposed to reseed the fescue in the fall. But in the meantime, do I put out pre-emergent and weed killer, knowing I'm going to have a really thin lawn this summer? If, if you're going to plant fescue, then you can't use a pre-emergent because they'll, the pre-emergent keeps the fescue seed from germinating. But if you want to plant fescue, we're coming into in the next three weeks maybe. If Kirk says we're going to have five days of unexpected warmth this spring, that's what Kirk will say. You say, hey, honey, it's time to plant the fescue because that's what you're looking for is just five or six days of warmth. You can get the fescue seed out there, but you can't use a pre-emergent anytime around that time because it'll prevent the fescue from germinating. Okay. But as far as weed control, I'm hesitant even now to say that weed control won't interfere with the fescue, but I'm reasonably sure that if you just go out and use one I mentioned a few minutes ago to a guy to use one of the weed uh, uh, hose-end weed killer products, okay. I think you could use one of those on the clover and some of the other weeds that you have and not have it um, affect the fescue. Just make sure on the label it says does not contain a pre-emergent, does not prevent weed seeds from germinating or something of that nature, because that certainly will, will mess up your fescue seed germination. Okay. All right. Thank you. All right, Kathy. Thanks for calling. Uh-huh. Bye. 404-872-0750 gets you in to take that little line in Debbie's in uh, Kathy's place. Debbie is in Gainesville and joins us on Lawn and Garden. Uh, yes, sir. Hello, Walter. Hey, Debbie. Um, I've got a mole and vole problem pretty bad. Tell me more. Um, since last summer, we started noticing them up around our garden area and then just tunnels uh, leading into, of course, where our mulch areas are also. Yeah. And then now they have spread into areas in the yard. And uh, they were saying, and we started noticing missing plants in our garden that were just being sucked right through the hole. Mm. So that's when someone told us we had bowls following the moles. All right, let's, let's, let's um, define the two creatures because they're both about the same. They look sort of similar to each other, but moles, M-O-L-E, moles, and voles, V-O-L-E, voles, are not the same creature. And you have given me you know, evidence that you do have a problem with moles on one hand and voles on the other hand. Mm-hmm. So let's talk about it for listeners who don't quite know what the difference is. A mole is a creature that tunnels underneath the ground, makes tunnels. You can see them very easily. When you step on the ground there, it's real soft, makes you want to sort of turn your ankle. Right. And moles eat only grubs, earthworms, other little things that live in the soil, but they never eat plants. Moles never eat plants. On the other hand, voles do eat plants. They eat the roots off of plants. They love the center of a hosta plant. Um, they could just chew every root off of a rose or an apple tree and just the whole little seedling flops over in the garden. But voles only eat plant material. So vole okay. eat plants, mole eats insects, and the damage from them is quite distinct. What have you seen for the voles? You said plants got pulled down into the hole. Yes, sir. Mostly in the garden. They haven't seemed to bother anything. I well, I don't think in my yard, except some of my bulbs, maybe down by the roadside, yeah. I noticed some of those holes also down there. I don't think of voles as being 
a true tunneler like a mole is. Moles make tunnels. Mm-hmm. We know that. And they go underground for 15, 20 feet sometimes in a lawn, whereas voles may pop down into the tunnel in order to get from one place to another real quickly, or they may tunnel down next to a plant where there's a a root that they really want to eat. But Mm -hmm. voles, in my view, are not really tunnelers so much as they are just chewers. They get under mulch, they get beside the plant, they chew it up, and that's what the voles do. There are two different ways of controlling them. Now, you've probably heard me talk about stomping and stomping and I really do think that stomping tunnels down for as long as it takes. It's not going to be just one trip out into the yard to do that, but stomping down the tunnels for mold control, to me, is the best thing you can do. Traps and poisons and gummy worms just don't seem to be very effective for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. And then for vole catching, that I know how to get voles because they're nothing but little mice, little metal mice. And you can get a mouse trap, two or three mouse traps maybe, and put them in different parts of the landscape where you see the damage. And maybe put a cardboard box or a plastic pot maybe over the trap once you've baited it and set it. And you can capture all the voles in the whole yard with just a week or two of effort of you know, checking the traps and resetting them and uh, catch them all just like you would a, a mouse infestation in a shed or, or under your house. Oh, okay. So, I, so and I mean, any kind, what kind of bait that would be used on that trap? Peanut butter. Peanut just butter like, Okay, fabulous. just like we do for a mite. Yeah, okay. Exactly. exactly. And if, if they okay. seem to uh, eat the peanut butter off the trap without setting it off, they don't get caught take a piece of thread, put the peanut butter on the little trigger of the trap, and take a piece of thread and just wind it around into the peanut butter, and the thread will you know, they'll chew on the thread, they'll wiggle it a little bit to get the last bit of peanut butter off of it, and that'll give you a really good um, chances of catching them very readily, very readily oh, for voles. Okay, great. Okay, good. Well, thank you so much. Uh, I really it. appreciate that information because you're right. Nothing has been working. <laughs> Moles eat insects. Voles eat plants. Remember that. Okay. All right. Thank you. You Bye-bye. Thanks for calling, Debbie. If you want to see some pictures of what vole damage and mole habitat looks like, go to my website at walterreeves.com. Just type one or the other into the, uh, into the search line. And with the voles in particular, I've got several pictures of what it looks like when voles eat the roots off of plants, eat the roots off of nandinas and roses and apples and all sorts of things that people have sent to me over the years. Kathy is in Putnam County, and Kathy joins us on Lawn and Garden. Hey, Kathy. Hey, Walter. Good morning. Good morning to you. How can we help? Well, we're moving to the Morgan County area near Rutledge, Mm -hmm. and we have some overgrown hollies and a cuba that are over the windows. Oh, man. And um, I I have pruned some hollies back pretty severely, but one question I have is how do I calculate how far below the window to prune Mm. so that it looks nice when it regrows? How big are the and I'll have a question about crepe myrtle pruning also. How big are the leaves on these hollies that are beneath that are there in front of the window? Are they big as a thumb, big as uh, five fingers together? So how big are they? Oh, I haven't looked at that. They're probably as big as your thumb and forefinger making a your first finger making a circle. So what I'm thinking right. about is uh, are these Chinese hollies which have big leaves versus Japanese hollies which have little leaves? I mean, you can sort of. Remember yeah, that to I, know the difference okay. between them. The Chinese hollies, good heavens, you can prune them to any shape or size or form you want. I would probably do it a foot and a half below the window level and then let them grow a foot or so uh, after you do the pruning. But pruning does not hurt Chinese hollies ever, to my knowledge. They always sprout back out. They always come back and can be formed to whatever shape or size or height. That's the like. kind we have. Cause okay. are you, Japanese hollies would be like the Hellerai holly yeah, with exactly. the tiny little 
Is that what you're talking? And they have the little bitty leaves. Hellerai mm-hmm. hollies are little bitty leaves. Okay, I think it's a Chinese holly. In that case, cut it down to about a foot and a half below where you want the eventual top of the shrub to be, and uh, wait for it to recover. It'll recover lots of foliage in the summer. Okay, and any time now. I think winter is a great time to prune, and okay. you could any time between now and the end of February would be fine with okay. me. Sure. Okay. What about the crepe myrtles? I see the landscapers, you know. Buzz cutting them, but um, can I go ahead now or should I wait a couple of weeks? Only if you promise you'll go to my website and there on the front page of WalterReeves.com there's a whole spiel about what I think about pruning crepe myrtles and you'll see some good examples of pruning crepe myrtles and some really horrible examples of pruning crepe myrtles. If you'll follow my good examples, then yes, you can prune crepe myrtles right now. But go to WalterReeves.com and get the pictures and see exactly why I think the way I do and what I think is ugly and what I think works fine. It's 849 and you're listening to Lawn and Garden. This is Scott Slade from Atlanta's Morning News on WSB. Our 24-hour news center delivers updates four times an hour all weekend. Depend on it. We'll be here Monday morning, 4.30 till 9, for breaking news and traffic and weather every six minutes. News 95.5 at AM 750 WSB. Now back to the Lawn and Garden Show with Walter Reeves. And a quick weather update brought to you by Ackerman Security. High in the upper 50s this afternoon, the low in the lower 20s this evening. Stay tuned. Atlanta's most accurate and dependable forecast comes up in 10 minutes on News 95.5, AM 750 WSB. Robbie, if you can get it done in 32 seconds, then we're out of here. Hey, Rob, good morning. Hey, good morning, Walter. Um, I had a uh, reputable company do my lawn for a couple of years. And it looked okay. Well, I got rid of them. And now chickweed or chipweed yeah. is covering my fescue. What it, do is, I do? it is a about two or three year process to get rid of chickweed. It's always predicated on putting out a pre-emergent in September every year so that the seeds that are in the soil, eventually you'll get all of them from germinating. But what I would say do is go to my website and just type the word calendars, plural, calendars, into the search line. It'll take you to a um, lawn calendar site that gives you all the whens and wheres and whats and hows for lawn grass. You'll learn how to do it. It'll time you. The calendar has little timing things in there of how to control chickweed. That's what I would do, Robbie. But basically, three years is what it takes to get rid of chickweed in a lawn. I would not get rid of Rachel Perry or Scott Maxim ever, 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 because they did such a great job helping me to host the show today. If you did get your question answered, of course, go to WalterReeves.com. Our thanks again to Carithers Flower for sponsoring our Valentine's Day present. And we'll see you right here next Saturday morning for another edition of Lawn and Garden. <laughs>